so easy to compare yourself to, you know, other designers, other creators, just other people in general. But um, I think back then I did it even more and it kind of pushed me to like work way harder than I think I had to like strains on certain areas of my life. Just take a seat back, you know, enjoy the process of it all, practice, but don't burn yourself down on it. This fuel for your mind and creative grind. Each week, my guests and I provide the skills for thinking bigger, overcoming adversity, and making an impact with your work. What's going on? You're listening to episode 122 of the Perspective Podcast. I'm your host, Scotty Russell of Perspective Collective, and I'm here to help you build a killer side hustle and elevate your brand outside your day job. At the end of each episode, I share a listener of the week. So stick around to figure out how you can get a shout out on a future episode in the show notes, as well as in the newsletter. Super quick announcement. It's done. It's ready. And it's coming out next Wednesday, the 17th, headed into crop as well as John Contino's episode next week. And that's going to be a big one. But what I'm talking about is the Side Hustlers War Chest, your all-in-one toolkit for taking your side hustle to the next level. I've been talking about this all year, all, all of 2019, all a couple months now. And I've been building this resource since early January. And it's about damn time to launch phase one of it. And it's something that I've kind of drug my feet on because I felt like it had to be perfect. And no, I just had to get my ass in gear and had to get it all ready. And it's going to be ready next week. So next week at SideHustlersWarChest.com, you'll be able to get the free download of six guides and resources that are compiled of all the questions I get asked the most. I'm having it all in one location for you. One free download. I'm going to breeze through these quick six guides. And the first one is six tips for making time to grind and execute your dream outside your day job. Second, eight tips for growing an engaged online audience and building your personal brand. Number three, top book recommendations for growing your business, breeding creativity, and sharpening your mind. Number four is your drawing essentials, tools, articles, and resources to elevate your process and craft. Number five, the best accessories and resources for your iPad, Apple Pencil, and Procreate workflow designs. And the final one is Painting Murals 101, supplies, resources, inspiration, in the basics of pricing. I'm freaking stoked about this. I busted my ass on this and I plan on adding to it as time goes on especially as you have new questions or things that you want to see I will add to this and it will always be free again go get it next Wednesday at sidehustlerswarchess.com or if you're hearing this in the future it's ready for you right now go and get it if you didn't know by now everyone's path is different sometimes you have to do things your own way and go against the grain it doesn't have to be pretty It doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to work for you. And today's guest has been blazing his own path for quite some time, landing killer gigs with people like Lollapalooza, Bones Coffee Company, Dickies, and a ton of your favorite bands, just to name a few. I'm talking about my homie Joshua Noom, illustrator, designer, creative dad of a beautiful little baby girl slinging dope work out of Florida. And today, Josh and I chop it up and go deep into topics like making your own way in life instead of following the herd, working hard so your work speaks for itself, taking initiative in the magic of doing outreach, using comparison as fuel instead of letting it paralyze you. And we also dive into random things like fonts, his process, and pizza. Huh. Who would have thought? Um, this episode is going to give you the permission to do things your own way, embrace your own story in your own unique style. 
And real quick, this podcast is brought to you today by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial over at audibletrial.com slash perspective podcast. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. You're sure to find the perfect book for whatever season you're in in life. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Retro Supply. Retro Supply is the leading provider of Illustrator, Photoshop, Procreate, and Affinity Design resources to make your work stand out in a fraction of the time. Make sure to use promo code SCOTTY20, that's S-E-O-T-T-Y 20, to save 20% off all their resources like brushes, actions, textures, and fonts. This even works on sale items and bundles over at retrosupply.co, or there's a special link within the show notes. Cool. You can find the show notes to today's episode, along with the video of Josh and I's conversation over at perspective-collective.com slash 122. And let me know what you think of this episode and help me spread the good word and the good vibes and the great message of Josh. So please do what you do. Keep sharing a screenshot or a video of the episode you're listening to and make sure to tag both Josh and I on Instagram stories so we can connect and I can share the love back. It's because of you and you sharing with your family, your following, and your friends that this show continues to grow. I cannot do this without you, and I just insanely appreciate it more than you could ever know. As always, keep an open mind and act on anything that inspires you today. Let's go. PC family, we have the homie Joshua Noom on the show today. Welcome to the Perspective Podcast. How you doing, my man? Man, good. Thanks for having me, man. I'm excited. Yeah, about time we've made this happen. So there seems to be a recurring pattern of the people I bring on or people that I meet at conferences. And you and me linked up last year at Creative South for the first time. Right. Yeah, that was a good time, man. And uh, man, that's my second year at Creative South. It's a good time. So I didn't get a chance to link up with you the first year. You going back this year? Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. You are. Uh, I'm missing it. Unfortunately, I'm breaking my streak of four times in a row. Um, I'll be going to crop since they're sponsoring shit, but honestly, I wasn't planning on going to conferences this year with the little one. And speaking of little one, uh, how old your little girl? She's, uh, she just crossed eight months. Eight months. Yeah. I was a little bit behind you. We're designer dads for those who don't know. That's it, man. It's a whole new world, but it's awesome, man. She's, uh, she's great. Yeah. Everything, every day is something new, but exciting. Yeah. By the time this comes out, she'll be nine months and my little man will go from six months to seven months. I've been dealing with RSV with my little dude. So it's been me getting sick, then him getting sick, my wife getting sick, but we persist, right? Right. That's it, man. So you're in Florida right now, right? Yep. I'm in uh, Fort Myers, which is, you know, Southwest Florida, a couple hours south of Tampa. But um, yeah, I've lived over there or here for over 10 years now. And where did you live originally? Australia, yeah. Okay. Originally from Australia. What brought you here? Uh, my mom's side of the family had uh, lived here for a while. It's been a while since my mom had seen him, so we came over for a holiday. And yeah, pretty much from there, it's a long story, but we ended up staying pretty much. But yeah, so now it's been here since 2006. So yeah, like 13 years or something, which is, which is insane. It's a lot warmer where you are than where I'm at right now. I'm staring out my window at a massive fucking icicle, dude. <laughs> so it's crazy. It's actually a bit chilly here today. It's like mid sixties. Ah oh, man, shut it. I don't want to <laughs> hear it. It's 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 been a warm day here. We got like fifteen and it's March. Oh man, I don't know, but when, when it comes to our summertime and it's plus a hundred with, you know, insane humidity, it's brutal, man. You think you'd get used to it, but we get like Antarctica winters and we get like equator summers. So we get like everything. 
Um, but let's digress and get into the meat of this shit. Give us a brief Wikipedia page summary about yourself for those who may not know of you and your talents and skills. Yeah, well, my name is Joshua Noon. Um, I guess I'm a commercial artist that uh, would specialize mostly in graphic design and illustration, working with uh, a range of companies um, from, you know, labels like Sony Music and other kind of uh, enterprises like that. And then from um, just startup clothing companies and just a wide range of stuff. Yeah. How did you get into design in the first place when you were over in Australia? Were you heavy into this too? Or did like a, a, a switch flip when you came over to the States? I had always been into art, you know, like uh, in school, I was kind of one of the art kids that was not much, not very good at much else. You know what I mean? But yeah, I, I had moved to the States and I did my senior year of high school and uh, had come out of there not really wanting to go to college or anything. I was like, let me just get settled down here. You know, I just kind of jumped into like a new country school, this stuff. Uh, so I just continued to work at a, a skate shop that I was in. And at the same time, like I said, I was an art kid. So I was always in painting and just kind of more of like traditional mediums of like acrylic paint and uh, canvas and just spending hours on these paintings. And then it was probably about a year out of school. My mom has suggested actually there was a local technical school that studied commercial art and uh, like a graphic design program. I had never really considered it up until then. And I was like, you know, mama knows best kind of thing. And up until then, I looked at art schools and they were just kind of seemed so expensive. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. So when this option popped up, um, I was like, yeah, I mean, let's give it a go. It's in town. And uh, just a short, I think, uh, program, year and a half. And uh, yeah, I did it. And that was my first time really touching any of the software, anything like that. So like a community college in a sense? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's actually even a little bit smaller. It's just a technical school. So I, did, I don't have a degree, really. I don't have like a, any kind of AA or BA or whatever they're called. You know, I just have a certificate. I think a lot of people think you need this fancy degree. You see these big names out in the world. This is why I love having you on because one, you have a certificate. And it just shows that work means everything. The portfolio shows you can do the work. Right. And I, I have a beef with the traditional school system. I'm not one who tell everybody you have to go to college. Right. And I, I guess there's positives and negatives to both. Like I, I look back and I think, well, maybe if I went to an art school, I might have made more connections with people within the community a bit better, like more of those kinds of names. But for me, this, this worked out great. You know, it was short. It wasn't expensive. It was in town. And by the time I was out, I had enough knowledge of like the programs to to start applying at places. And like you said, if you have a, a portfolio or, you know, a website or something that has work that's good, then you have a chance. I mean, that's how I see it. Yeah, I think work, the work speaks a little more than maybe the, the paper that says we went to school. But again, I guess it's a problem situation. But yeah, I mean, especially if you go to a school like me, I went to a private school to play football and the art degree and everything there wasn't the best. And maybe it was a little bit, I didn't apply myself as well, but I felt like I didn't graduate knowing anything and I had a mountain full of debt. So I did learn Adobe Illustrator for like the first time my freshman year. So that was probably the best thing I learned. Right. So I'd heard from people in art schools, like there's a bunch of other kind of classes you have to take and things. And this was kind of like a work at your own pace kind of school. It's a little different, I guess, but even with the software, they, they, they give you like these at the time, I don't know if it's changed, but just CDs 
of like someone from Adobe, like, you know, a, a licensed uh, operator or something teaching you the program and you just plug it in and follow along and try your best not to fall asleep because it gets a bit, a bit boring. But other than that, man, I was on good YouTube every night, like looking up tutorials, learning that way, trying to copy other like icons and things and, you know, watching those videos tutorial wise, it just, you know, you get out of it what you put into it, you know? So that was my next question. So once you like got your certificate, did you just go ham and go all savage by teaching yourself online? Is that pretty much it? Right. Yeah. So once I was out of the, the program, then I immediately started applying at places and around here, there's really not a whole, whole lot to apply to, but yeah, I sent out, I sent out my uh, resume and all that a few times. I just kind of wanted to see what happened. I didn't really land anything. So yeah, I just kind of kept working at it. I had a computer at home, I had the programs and I was like making stuff just for like myself or uh, me and a buddy at the time were trying to work on like t-shirts and stuff, you know? So yeah, we were doing all that kind of thing. And uh, I, at, the, at the same time, I was just sending out my work whenever something popped up. And um, I remember I was at my skate job and I was kind of on the computer there looking up things and I saw one for an agency in town and uh, I was like, yeah, I'll shoot it over. And I actually just went on a website and found the, the boss of the place. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to send it just right to him. And uh, he actually called me on my work phone within the hour and was like, hey, you want to come in tomorrow for an interview? And I was like, uh, yeah, let's give it a go. So <laughs> I went in and I uh, got the job and then uh, I started working there like a week later. It just started with you taking initiative? Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of sending it out a bunch and finally one clicked. And yeah, I ended up working there for four years or so. Is that where you kind of got your start? Right. Yeah. So that was my first like official job in graphic design. And it was at an agency in town. It was actually a uh, automotive advertising agency, which. Dude, that was my first graphic design job too. And having to like make those ads really, really quick, get those out and making brochures and all kinds of shit super quick and getting all the information, the VIN numbers, the descriptions, the pricing all last minute and you got to get that shit out to press. Oh yeah. At least you got to make like the headlines and all that. Hopefully like the, the campaign, that shit was so much fun. That was the best part of it. You know all about it. Yeah. It's making those headlines. That was, that's where I really found my groove. The top half is just all the fun and the bottom is just like this jam packed. And I remember in InDesign, this is fun thing. I didn't realize that you could like select everything and shift control and size everything down at once. So I was manually sizing down each box at a time and each text box. I, I didn't know that because I don't feel like I learned InDesign that well until now, but yeah. Well, I, I, got, I got to the interview for that place and they had said, um, so you're familiar with Quark? Oh, what? And I said, yep. And, and I, I hadn't used it at all. You had to use Quark there? Yeah. So oh. the, the agency has been around for, you know, X amount of years. So they were using Quark before Adobe really took off. I yeah, guess. so they were ancient. So they have all these old files that they want to keep, you know, recycling and transferring them all over to design would have been way harder than just to like start strapping it. So when I did the placement test or placement interview to like, have a shot at resizing something the night before I uh, just downloaded Quark free trial and just messed around for an hour or so, a couple hours. And I was like, I think I got the rough idea and went in and did the little, you know, placement resizing and, you know, managed to get the job. That's hilarious. Did they stick on Quark the whole time you were there? Yeah, man. Oh my God. Do you know InDesign now? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So I knew it. I knew it at the time too. Like we learned it in school, and I was using it for some other stuff. But um, yeah. So we used it there, and there was some stuff we had to use in the design four, but mainly, yeah, it was all quark. But I mean, it's, I guess it's another thing that I could use on a resume one day if I needed oh to. Oh my god! If quark ever makes that comeback, it's still around. Okay. From from the outside looking in, it looks like you do full time freelance. It, it's projected that way. And like, I take your shit super serious, especially with some of the clients that I want to dive into here in a little bit. But we were talking earlier, you actually hold down a, a part-time job along with it. And I don't think a lot of people know that. So yeah, so out of the agency job, I actually was, you know, um, ready for something new. And at the time, a church, actually, the church I attend was, they had a part-time position open. You know, it seemed like a good stepping stone. Like at the time, it was just like considered a stepping stone. Like, hey, come work with us, you know, we'd love to have you if you'd love to be here. And at the same time, you can work on freelance stuff. So it's just a couple of days here, a couple of days freelance, and, and we kind of just take it from there. And uh, it was great, like a perfect, you know, stepping stone. But after a while, um, I just kind of saw it as more than that. And I, I mean, I just found love working there, love the people. So even though there's like, you know, I could probably leave, I, I enjoy staying. It also helps me be a little more selective with the work I take on. I don't have to take on every project that comes my way to pay, you know, to, to worry about the bills getting paid. I can be more selective, take on the ones that I actually feel like I can, I can run with and have fun with, um, you know, and kind of pass along or pass on the other ones that maybe, maybe I don't feel as strong about. So I feel like it's a win-win for both of us. I feel like the, the church likes having me there. I love being there. And yeah, so it's been, it's been like, five and a half years now something and it's just it's been good so that's awesome so a lot of people i mean if a part-time job is makes it more easier for you to do freelance on the side and you got your shit covered at the same time like it's not a big deal you don't have to put the stress on yourself to make it full-time freelance overnight so i know a lot of people like nick slater who hold down a day job and still does freelance and people like you with the part-time job so i mean i think that's like a, a permission slip to a lot of people to not not feel the pressure I, I was I, I fully felt that pressure at the beginning. I you know, I felt like I, I wouldn't have taken myself seriously or considered myself a serious you know designer or freelancer if people knew I had a part time job. And I look back on that, and I'm like, that's just kind of silly, you know. Like I could see where you're coming from because of this world of social media we live in. You know, we see just the perception and lives of you know the big names that we follow when we see them. Like I I think of like a Gemma O'Brien or you know, John Catino or a Lauren Hom who do their shit full time plus stuff. But then you got like the Nick Slaters and then you and then like Brian Steely, you know, people I really look up to slaying it and they all have day jobs. Right. Right. Yeah. It's all about your situation, you know, and like, you know, where you find yourself comfortable and happy and, you know, where you feel like you're striving, you know, if you feel like your, your day job or part-time job is maybe holding you back from some of these other projects that you feel like you might get otherwise and yeah maybe it's time to take a step but if you're in a place where you kind of have a, like the best of like both like why like why waste it you know what i mean everyone's past different don't get lost in comparison that's it real quick so where do your client inquiries come through is it from your website if you haven't checked out josh's site i really really like how he approaches this and what platform are you on squarespace or what do you use squarespace simple yeah yeah check out his site i really really like how he just throws it out there. It's not really even case studies. It's just like flash sheets the whole way down. Yeah, pretty much. 
and I've kind of, I'm in the middle of kind of switching some things up, but yeah, still taking that approach of just, just throwing it up there. I'm not really writing up case studies and things like that. At least not right now. I'm just kind of trying to let the work speak for itself and hopefully still get jobs through it. But it sounds like what you've always been doing and it's working. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as for your question, like work has just kind of, kind of come along since I started um, posting it really. Is it Instagram or is it like a contact form from your website? Do people find you on Instagram first? Is that the hub? Instagram is what started it all probably when I first kind of started using it as like a portfolio or whatever, like, you know, six years ago or so. It all kind of happened by accident, man, to be honest with you. You know, like I just was at that automotive agency, as I mentioned, and just kind of was hitting a wall, you know, and I was just kind of over it. And I, always my outlet outside of there was just create stuff that I love, whether it was paintings and things. And, I had been on Instagram a while and I was just kind of like posting pictures of like my food and stuff, you know, I had seen some folks like just through like export page or whatever, posting their artwork. And I was like, wow, that's actually a pretty good idea, you know, just to kind of put it out. And then uh, at the same time I had noticed people doing like the hand drawn stuff and incorporating that into their work. And that's just something I had never thought about. Like it just never clicked in my brain. Um, I don't know if other people felt that way, but I just kind of, imagined always thought that graphic design was strictly like traditional graphic design like straight lines negative space InDesign, illustrator like all this stuff um like you don't mix them you know you don't mix pen and pencil with your stuff and like i just thought graphic design was something that artists did when they knew they wouldn't make a living doing art or something like yes. that. yes yes um, so that's that's the box i put myself in at the beginning but i just kind of started going after work, you know, the things I had seen and trying to put my spoon on it. And I was doing some little simple drawings, you know, like, Oh, I would do these paintings that took hours and hours, like 30 plus and get like, you know, a few likes on Facebook from my, from my friends or my mom's friends, you know, and nothing would happen with them. Actually, all my paintings are still at a buddy's house and just on his walls. But I got into these simple drawings, you know, that had type in them and, you know, whatever. And I was posting those, and I started to like gain some traction, you know, this is like also, I feel like earlier on in Instagram where it was easier to get kind of um, traction. Yeah. I started posting those and like started like getting traction on those. And after like a little while I was getting emails about doing projects and I was like, I was like, what? Like for this kind of stuff? I was like, have you seen my, my paintings? Like, they're so good. <laughs> you know, I was like, but you want these little like silly drawings? I just realized like people were into this. So I was like, you know, what? I'm going to go after it and still at the agency. And I started doing some more drawings here and there. Like I was doing something every day, you know, whether it was like tattoo inspired or if it was like type only or lyrics from a song. Um, I was doing the old school type quote over photo thing that everyone was doing. I was doing that shit too. Yep. Oh, man, just, just to practice, man. Like I was just throwing it out there and, uh, yeah, work came in that way for a while, you know, just some little stuff here and there. And I was like, maybe there's something to this, you know, but still kept it on the side. And then once I had built a site with some of that stuff, some other like more serious projects started coming in. Um, that's about around the same time. I was talking to my wife. Well, she was actually my fiance then. And she was like, like, go for it. You know, like she had a teaching job. She was like, we're about to get married. I don't want you coming home from your other job, like angry all the time, frustrated. So let's just give it a shot. And I had the church job lined up. So we kind of, we got married. I quit my other job, got married, came back. 
and jumped into this freelance slash um, part-time job world. And yeah, it's been six years or so. It helps not having that student loan debt. Like that's a huge pro for the route that you went and just betting on yourself in a sense. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm super thankful that I don't have that. Also, I mean, my wife has it, which, you know, we're doing what we can to, 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 you know, slowly get rid of it. But, um, but yeah, if hearing the stories and knowing how that debt like makes my, uh, makes my wife feel sometimes. And it's just good to know that we only have to worry about, hers and get her taken care of and then we're good so yeah no that's that's awesome man so i want to dive into a couple questions i'll kind of have the same undertone overlap but i think there's a way that you can answer them all uniquely so this one comes from garrett thomas miller and if you want to ask a question later to these guests i'm each week i'm always putting you know prompts of hey here's who i'm interviewing this week here's who i'm interviewing today in the private facebook group at the perspective dash collective so go jump on facebook join a part of the family it's global it's dope and you get to ask questions and get your name mentioned on like this so i had to plug that all right so garrett thomas miller how does josh approach the design process of each project the same way or does it depend on the work and then he also states all of his work is very clearly his killer style but each design brings its own amazingly unique aesthetic so how would you describe that? You know, how do you approach each piece? Do you go in knowing what you're going to do? Do you have a set style that you're always going to, uh, I guess, attack? Sure. Yeah. Like, so the style kind of comes naturally as it progresses on, but as far as approaching each project, I mean, it comes down to some of the guidelines that maybe the client has set, whether, you know, how many sketches I do or how many of this I do or how many rounds or whatever, but they all start the same way. Uh, no matter the size, no matter what it is, I have that template set up and I just always kind of do a sketch first and then I just kind of draw it and then I'm just doing it all on an iPad. You know, now I started with just kind of like the Sharpie and pencil thing. Does it vary? This time it starts analog by hand. This time it starts in like procreate. Do you ever just go immediately if it's like a type driven piece right into illustrator? Does it always vary? Yeah. So that, yeah, that stage can vary for sure. So if it's an illustrative piece, like with like, you know, animals or something or whatever it is that will always be like kind of like a sketch first. And that's just always straight to procreate. Um, just kind of just sketching on there and then sent off once approval, I can t- continue on with the, um, type based ones. I, 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 uh, used to like, I used to start out with like a, a sketch and do like the grid and mark my lines and kind of measure out that way. And I was doing that with Sharpies and pencils before the iPad and, it would take so long, man. I, I, now having an iPad, like I kind of lay it all out in Illustrator, use my shapes and things, get my curves and my, my type all laid out. And then I just send that to Procreate and um, use that as a reference. You know, sometimes drop the opacity way down, draw over the top and or you know, or sometimes I just kind of straight like um, mess with those already letters that are already there and um turn them into my own kind of like font or whatever. But do you kick out finished work in procreate or do you like get it to almost complete and then export it and like polish it up in Photoshop or something? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like 95% of the way there most of the time. And then it's, I send it out to Photoshop. That's where I kind of clean things up, make changes. Or if I'm, if I notice like in the drawing that I really want to like cut something up and like change it, then I just kind of leave it, finish the rest of it send it to Photoshop, make that big change, send it back, finish it off. Ah, so you're bouncing back and forth. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. But mostly I get, I can get the drawing 
Um, I mean, Procreate is pretty powerful for, for, for what it is, you know, like an app. Like, Incredible. You can do like so much. So even like the biggest of changes you can, you can do on there for the most part. And Except for like adding strokes to things like that is such a pain in the ass, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. So any kind of like anything like that, that's all done in post like Photoshop for me, like textures done there, everything like that. And obviously color and stuff, but, but yeah. And then like, if, the project's done like i'll send off the psd file or they if they want a vector then it's usually just like a, a live trace version of that which i draw at a high enough resolution do you use um the native image trace settings in illustrator or uh like amir from Growcase uh forefathers he's told me of cocopo trace you ever heard of that yeah, that's that's what I use. Yeah. That's what you use. Okay, yes, perfect, perfect. We'll make sure to plug that. I, I drop it every now and then. Like that thing picks up my most detailed line work drawings, and it especially if I draw them at like a bigger scale, like three thousand by three thousand or twenty four hundred by twenty four hundred on Procreate, it'll pick that up like money, even stippling, even half uh, half tone brushes. Right, for sure. That's the I had found out about it because I had accidentally drawn something on Procreate in a really low resolution, just not even thinking. And I went to Live Trace it, you know, using the Adobe settings and it just was like not good. And I was like, crap, I'm gonna have to redraw this. So I reached out to some friends and um one of them told me about that. He's like, give this a shot, I don't know. So what I did is I just kind of blew it up in Photoshop. It was kind of blurry, but I blew it up, chucked it into that. What's it? Kawakapa Trace or something? I don't Coco know how to say it. Trace. Yeah, I don't know how to say it. I'll something. link it up in the show notes. And if you're a PC user and you're tired of Illustrator's bullshit, and even in those advanced settings, you tweak it, it's Potrace on PC, Coco Potrace. And I'll have that all linked up in the show notes. But like that is like the best gift anybody has ever showed me. Right. Yeah, it saved me on that project for sure. And uh, I've just been using it since. So easy to use. So um yeah it does a good job dope dropping tips all right this one comes from morgan walker how did he develop his unique style and how does he land amazing clients like johnny swim first off how would you describe your style and then how did you develop it man i'd like to say it's just kind of come from you know things that i i really enjoy so um i've kind of always liked things that were like kind of rough around the edges and not quite precise and then i've also loved like traditional tattoo work. So I hope that people see some of that in there. And then over the years, I've kind of fallen in love with like folk art. So, um, you know, the, the patterns and, and the kind of like obscure shapes that animals and people have and stuff like that. So I've kind of hope it's just like a mixture of all that. And then also kind of my own touch that over time has been kind of, you know, included with that and merged with all that. And, so you have your influences that have now helped you craft and develop this style. Like when did you know you were onto this? You were onto something where you just like, damn, I love this. I enjoy doing this style. I'm pretty good at it, but people are responding to it and clients seem to ask for it. Is that when you knew? Right. Yeah. I mean, at first they were just responding because it was like this new kind of like hand drawn thing that had blown up, you know, everyone was hand drawn lettering and stuff. So I was doing a lot of that. And then, when I started actually illustrating as well, like incorporating images, I was doing really detailed images. Um, so if you look at some of my older work, there's some like stuff that's, that's way more detailed. Yeah, fine lines and things like that. And uh, people, people love that stuff too. And then it came down to me wanting to simplify and I also wanted to be more efficient. I wanted to do more work. At the same time, I, I also just love that simple look of like folk art and, and bolder lines and things. And You're like killing kind of the line work now and then using more just, how would you describe it? Just like the fill 
and not necessarily the stroke. Exactly. Exactly. And even a lot of the times I work backwards. So I'm drawing, I'm not drawing the lines. I'm drawing the shapes that you'll fill that I'll fill. And then I'll erase lines to kind of give that rough look, you know? So it's even a little bit backwards. Like I've had people kind of like working alongside people and then being like, wait, you're kind of like working backwards, like white on black kind of thing. And I was like, I mean, this is just kind of how my brain works right now, you know? So Interesting. Yeah. I'm scrolling back and I'm just like, holy shit, man. Some of it's so good. Second part from Morgan was how do you land amazing clients like Johnny swim? All right. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that was just kind of something I, I kind of chased after a little bit. Well, I mean, I wouldn't even say I chased like crazy hard, but what I was doing at the start was when I was trying to find work, I was like literally just sending people stuff. I like outreach. Yeah, exactly. So I wanted to practice and I wanted to get new, new clients and, you know, more of like dream jobs at the time. And uh, I was like, well, I'll combine it both and just practice by doing these jobs, you know. So, I mean, Johnny Swim is an example and then some other bands too, but I would, when I was practicing the type and the lettering and things like that and just overall practicing, I would do lyrics. So I did Johnny Swim lyrics one time and then uh, tagged him in it on Instagram. And again, back on Instagram, I feel like people noticed more things. Yeah, not as much competition. They just gained another billion users in 2018. So this platform is saturated. Right, it's crazy. So... So yeah, it was a little bit easier then, but I was tagging them and then I'd also like send it to them on Twitter and whatnot. And uh, Johnny Swim is one of the few bands that actually reached out back to me and said, you know, this is dope. Can we use it for a t-shirt? Um, no changes, nothing. He's like, can we just straight use this? And I was like, what? Are you kidding? Like, for sure. Like, go, I have it. That's just something that happened like five, four or five years ago or something. And like, I still work with them. Like, actually I'm doing a design today. Like I just put it down as to record it so i mean it's kind of given me work over the years and you know need to breathe is another band um that i just kind of i mean still am a fan of and i was like wanted to practice did lyrics same thing happened caught their attention sent me a message and then started to do work for them and still do work for them and then on top of that like their management and their label that they're on see my work now and other bands that are involved with those labels and management come to me as well for, for different designs. So it all started by just me kind of outreaching, like you said, and, and chasing after something. So. I want to take a second to give a huge shout out to Audible. And with Audible, I have a prospective podcast listener only deal for you. And I talk about my love for audiobooks over and over and over and over again here. And today is a golden opportunity to get started if you haven't yet or create an account just to get started to get your free book. But you can get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial by visiting audibletrial.com slash perspective podcast go get your free audiobook and use it on something like the alchemist i talk about my love for that i've made episodes on it before or go nerd out um, i'm also a huge junkie on game of thrones so i have binged the whole game of thrones audiobooks twice and so if you want to lead up to uh the april 14th day of this drop-in for new game of thrones then jump on that too all kinds of good stuff and i'll have a whole book resource coming out soon but again I'm rambling. That's audibletrial.com slash perspective podcast. Jump on that free audiobook now. You're welcome.
there's an underlying theme to this show of why you've been successful and it's all because you take initiative yeah i mean looking back like sometimes i'd like to think like i just kind of get lucky it's preparation dog yeah but i mean i i did chase after stuff and things i wanted i kind of went after so you don't get everything but it's a numbers game just like pander design co roxy and phoebe talk about all the time it's a numbers game yeah it's definitely for me i still think it's definitely a cross between hard work and luck but um, but yeah, thankful for sure. Luck, luck comes when hard work meets preparation. I kind of butchered that quote, but it's so true. There it is. Opportunities come to people who put in the work. You get back what you put in. You should, you should draw that and put it over a photo and make it all nice. And maybe someone will hire me and want to put it on a t-shirt. Okay. Um, I got one more question and then we'll, uh, I, two more questions and then we'll jump into rapid fire. So this one comes from Claire Smith. What is Josh's favorite medium and how did he get the Bones coffee plug? <laughs> that's like my favorite thing. Did you do the logo then of it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's like my favorite coffee mug here that I got through Denise Pottery. And every day I'm, I, I think of you when I sip it. That's awesome, man. It all came out of like a love for hand-drawn stuff. Um, so I was doing pen and pencil, Sharpie, ink, you know, all that kind of thing. And then when it became a job and I needed to be more efficient, that's when it became digital and I jumped over to the iPad. But it started with painting that way and then kind of went over to the Sharpie and things like that. But like I said, when I wanted to be quicker and turn around projects faster when I jumped to the iPad and um, yeah, that changed the game for me. Same. And I was so romantic about analog and hand drawn, like fuck all these people with iPads. And then I got an iPad. I'm like, okay, I understand now. This takes me a fraction of the time. Okay. I was the same way. I took pride with being like, you know, quote unquote, like old school or whatever. But I mean, you still got to go back to it every now and then, you know, because the iPad does become a crush. But I'm like drawing on a piece of paper for uh, in the future, a past uh, episode artwork. And I keep tapping the paper and pinching and trying to zoom on something to like erase. And I'm like, okay, I've been on the iPad way too much. So, yeah, I mean, but it did change the game as far as like speed. And I mean, just the undo button alone, you know, when you're drawing like is, is a game changer. So tap it away. The second part is it, how did you land that uh, Bones coffee plug? I mean, that started on the next town over here in Cape Coral. So like, you know, 10 minutes away. So I had known one of the guys, you know, that's a part of the family that started it. He reached out and was like, were you interested? And at the time I had, I don't know how far along they were with it. I think they might've only had one coffee out and a name, but they, they had to change the name for, for legal reasons or something like that. So they asked me to do, to rebrand that one coffee and the, the name itself. And of course I was like, yeah, let's, let's go, let's do it. And uh, they've got like, what, I don't know, like 30 coffees out now or more. Dude, they have, they have like the best brand in the game. And yeah, I, I'm in some like coffee groups cause I'm in the coffee mug collection. You should see it. I got like 15 mugs just right here and everybody's always after those bone coffee mugs. So it's crazy, man. Like I, I have no idea like how like kind of big they were getting and, you know, and I kind of see like one of their ads on Facebook or something that's got like hundreds upon hundreds of comments on there and stuff. And I'm like, gee, like, dude, there's a whole nother world when it comes to coffee drinkers and coffee mug collectors, like huge, massive Facebook communities of like buyers and sellers and eBay world. Like it's nuts, dude. Yeah. So you're like low key famous without people knowing you. So in some of these coffee groups I'm in and be like, yo, I got the, the bones mug designer here. So <laughs> I got the artist. That's hilarious, man. That's so funny. Those guys are so easy to work with, man. Like they'll be like, we have uh, this new coffee and we want like bones 
on a unicorn. You did the unicorn one? Yeah. Yeah. The, the bean coming out. Yes. They, they're just me this long description of what they want. Like with all this stuff. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, that's kind of a lot of stuff, but we'll see how it goes. And I do, I do a sketch that 99% of the time, like looks good. And then I do one drawing and then it's done. Damn money, money in the bank. It's fun as hell. That, like that work looks so fun. Yeah. And it's definitely like cool. Like every now and then I get commented, you know, tagged in some of those comments, like saying good job or whatever from just like random people that, that know I do it. And, but yeah, I've done them all. So, I mean, any of those ones you're like, I'm pretty sure I've done them all, but. That's so sick, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big fans of your work in those groups. So figured out that'd be a nice little plug for you. Okay, before we go into rapid fire, what's one piece of advice you give to your past self when you were just starting off? I know we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but the comparison thing, um, I give that piece of advice to myself, still remind myself about it, about comparison. It's so easy to compare yourself to, you know, other designers, other creators, just other people in general. But um, I think back then I did it even more and it kind of pushed me to like work way harder. And I think I had to like strains on certain areas of my life to try and reach these standards that designers from people who've already made careers, you know, I'm trying to trying to compare to them, but just take a seat back, you know, enjoy the process of it all practice, but don't, you know, don't burn yourself down on it. You know what I mean? So you use comparison as a tool to fuel yourself instead of letting it paralyze you. I try to now, but like I said, I still, I still find myself comparing my, my work and where I'm at in my career and things with other people, you know, with my age or whatever. But that, that's something I like to myself back then. And like I said, I still tell myself now, but. I think in 10 years, you'll still tell yourself that. For sure. For sure. Especially if the way, the way social media has gone, man, it makes it so easy to. So it's definitely, definitely something you should take note of and be aware of and when you realize you're doing it, kind of take a step back and you give yourself a break. For sure. All right, rapid fire mode. We're almost there. We're going into fourth quarter. Actually, this is OT. If you were on death row, what would your last slice of pizza be? I think I'm just going to say classic pepperoni pizza, man. My man. Anywhere specific? If you asked me a year ago, I probably would have said like a chicken pesto um, pizza, something simple like that. Um, but then you have to get more specific of where it's from. And I don't know if on death row you can choose the restaurant. So I would just say pepperoni just in case they end up going to like Domino's or something. <laughs> you get your little Caesars. That's it. If you could have lunch with one person dead or alive, who would it be? And why? It's going to sound kind of weird and kind of come from the right, right field, I guess, but Angus Young from ACDC. Okay. When I was a kid, I think he was the first person I really like idolized in a way. I'm not a guitar player really like or anything like that. I mean, I play a little bit, but like when I was a kid and trying to learn electric back then, like he was my hero. So it kind of be like sweet moment to like chat with him and be like, Hey man, when I was a kid, you were like, and still are the coolest dude ever. But, but yeah, maybe I'd pick him. That works. Script serif or sans serif. I know this answer, but I still got to ask. Um, what's the difference between them? I'm just kidding. Oh my god! Go back to um, the go get your certificate checked, man. I'm just kidding. I'd, I'd, I'd click uh, sans serif. That's an easy one. You can just see it through your work. Okay, so what font are you vibing to lately? When you do have to run with a font or a typeface? Oh, I just I kind of been using this one font. Uh, this series of fonts, Dual D U E L. Um, it's kind of like this blocky font, but it's uh, 
it comes in many different weights. So that's super helpful. And it's, it's really simple block font. So as I was saying earlier, I like to kind of manipulate fonts a lot. So I was just going to say, do you like roughing them up and feel a little bit more? Right. So simple like block shape fonts like that. I can easily like add serifs to if I want them. I can curve the edges. I can do all kinds of stuff with them. I kind of use them as like, like a blank canvas in a way, like the shape. And um, so that one's been super helpful, that kind of stuff, especially because of all the ways. I already know this question too. I've been liking this one lately because I'm trying to find people who vibe to my style. Cats or dogs? Oh, dogs. How many dogs you got? I got two. What are their names and what kind? So I got Scout, she's a Shiba Inu. And then I have Emmett, who is some kind of mix. I don't know, he has Terrier and I don't know, some other kind of stuff, but... Yeah, we, we had got him from the pound and they weren't sure and we're not sure and they work, they're friends. So uh, last one, where can people go to follow and support you online? Yeah, so I mean all the usual stuff. So there's Instagram, obviously, Joshua Noom, Twitter, I'm kind of on them, Joshua Noom, and then uh website, just Joshua Noom. You still selling merchant swag? I still got some of your stuff from a while back. Yeah. I mean I had some stuff on there. I don't have large quantities or anything, just because it's a one man shop, but yeah. I got pins, I got t-shirts and some other stuff. So yeah. Word. And you're going to be at Creative South for people who are listening. They can go check you out. Yeah. I'll be kind of walking around, hanging out. So it'll be fun. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate you just open up, sharing your process, how you attract clients, how you still hold down a side job, why you do all this dope, amazing work and you know, your background story. It's all actually really, really inspiring. So, you know, thanks a lot, man. We appreciate you. Appreciate it, man. It was fun. All right, we'll keep in touch. All right. Yeah, man, for sure. Peace. PC family, Joshua Noom. And I hope you vibed out to what he had to say today. You know what to do. If what Josh said made an impact on you, please go blow him up. Show him some love over on the social medias and tell him what your biggest takeaway was. I know he dropped a lot of value. He was super transparent, open and honest about his process, his story. And I sure do appreciate it. And I know you do too. Make sure you spread the love as well by sharing this episode with your friends or your following again on Instagram stories. Make sure to tag us both and I will give it a reshare. We appreciate the hell out of you, Joshua. Thank you so much for your time. And are you looking for a community of like-minded people who are sharing their work and resources, providing valuable feedback and collaborating all across the world? If so, we would love to have you be a part of our private global Facebook family of creators. Join the family today by searching The Perspective Dash Collective on Facebook or click the links in the show notes. We're looking forward to have you be a part of the movement. And if you're digging what you hear and this show has helped you along your creative grind, there are a few ways you can support the show. The first off is by financially supporting the show by backing the podcast over at patreon.com slash perspective podcast like my friends and family at Iron Bean Coffee Company did. The second way to support the show is by subscribing and leaving a rating and review over an Apple podcast. Not only are you helping the show climb up the charts in the arts design category, but it allows me to return the love to you by giving you a shout out as listener of the week and getting your names mentioned in the show notes and the newsletter. Again, I'm able to read those international reviews. And today's review comes from Miss Adam 8 from the UK. She titles it, Must Listen. They state, as someone who recently stumbled across the world of graphic design, lettering, and the creative world, the Perspective Collective podcast has been amazing in helping me, t- helping me and taking lessons and advice from someone who has had the highs and lows and the blunt honesty that goes into the podcast. I love listening to it when designing or cooking and find myself shouting, yes. The endings always give me a push to keep going. The journey is long, but it need not be alone. 
Thank you, Scotty. And thank you, Miss Adam A, for taking the time to leave that today. I sincerely appreciate it. And as I wrap things up, I got to give a huge thank you to my podcast editor, Anya Brennan, executive assistant Paige Garland, and my video specialist, Colton Bacher. You three are the glue that makes this happen. And a huge thanks to goes to Nick Jenkins, aka Bluka, for all the dope theme music you hear on the show. Listen and support him at SoundCloud, Spotify, and Instagram at Bluka. That's B-L-O-O-K-A-H. And as you finish off your week strong, I want to encourage you to keep showing up, keep putting in the work, and keep creating. You got this.